Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Isaiah chapter 55, we're wrapping up this series called Triggered. We are moved by what we see. My prayer is this, God help us to be moved not by the darkness that's around us, but by the light that is inside of us. We can be moved out of response to what's around us or out of desire for what's inside of us, that God would move us to see his kingdom come, his will accomplished. Here's what it says in verse 8, Isaiah 45. It says, open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. I, the Lord, created them. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father, why was I born? Or if it said to its mother, what did you make me? Or why did you make me this way? This is what the Lord says. The Holy One of Israel and your creator, do you question what I do for my children? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? I am the one who made the earth and created people to live on it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens and all the stars are at my command. I will raise up Cyrus to fulfill my righteous purpose and I will guide his actions. He will restore my city and free my captive people without seeking a reward. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken." Father, I pray today that as we look at this word, and God, even as we've gathered in your presence, and Lord, even as we we heard the call and the invitation to go, I pray, God, that we would hear your voice speak to us today, that, God, we would hear you speak, and God, that we would respond. Help us to go. God, help us to be engaged in what it is that you're doing on the earth. In these days, we pray in Jesus' name. If you agree with that today, would you say amen? amen? Amen. You may be seated. As you're being seated, just tell somebody you're close to today, tell them, get your stretchy pants out. Yeah, that's a, it's a, I want to talk today. I I know uh, because the season that we're in, not only the season that we're in with Thanksgiving being around the corner, but also because I know what the Lord has put on our heart to share today. And uh, this, this call that God is calling us to stretch, to grow, to walk into the new, the deeper things that he has for us as we're moving in to this time. I want to I talk today from this message uh, about growing, about stretching, about maturing. And I want to talk today from this title, The Prime of Your Life. I pray that you are living in the prime of your life, that the living in the moment, the, the prime of the life, when you reach the prime, you reach the greatest moments. And I, I believe this, that God has some greatest moments still ahead for his people, that greatest days are still ahead for the church. How many believe that? Is there, am, am I talking to a room that believes in faith that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, that the kingdom of God is moving in power and authority, and that the greatest days are still ahead of us? How many believe that we've got more in the windshield than we've got in the rearview mirror? How many believe that there's still a mighty God and a king who is setting up his, his kingdom that will rule and reign, that we have great things to look forward to? And, and in this, this season of, of stretching, we said before that this is a, a season of endurance, that we've got to move in and stretch into what God is doing and what he's doing all around us. And 
this, this Thanksgiving season, of course, with it being Thanksgiving, I, I want to uh, just, uh, just talk about this, this desire of moving from one season to the next. Thanksgiving is uh, one of my favorite holidays, and uh, now I, I've become more uh, desirable the holidays because the season that we're in right now, the kids come home. And when the kids come home, that makes it altogether different, this, uh, this season. One of the things I've recognized is that how I celebrate Thanksgiving reveals the season that I'm in and the seasons that I've gone through. See, the, the season that I'm in right now, the kids are coming home for Thanksgiving, and so everybody's coming to our house. It's going to be at our place. But a previous season, we would travel and go to my parents, and actually Jody and I are from the, the same town, and so our parents lived, uh, her family lived on the west side of Littlestown, and my parents lived on the north side of Littlestown, and so we were within the same community, so for a season, our Thanksgiving was lunch at one place and dinner at the other. It was a season of visiting both sets of parents, and we had that for a season. There was even a brief season that our Thanksgiving consisted of going to the local restaurant for Thanksgiving. That was a, a brief season. There, there are those seasons in our lives, but my earliest memory, the first season I can remember of Thanksgiving was being at my grandmother's house at Grandma Stone Cypher's farmhouse in Tawnytown, Maryland. In, in, in this small, or actually not small, a decent-sized farmhouse that we would go there, and it was tradition that we would gather, and this is my first memory and season of Thanksgiving. It was this moment that in my life, this is how Thanksgiving always looks, but how many recognize looking back, Thanksgiving looks nothing like it used to look, because there's a season of what we've walked through and what we walked in. But in that season, we would, we would have uh, uh, the, the, the family gather together. I was somewhere in the middle of 30 plus cousins that I grew up around. I'm in the middle of, of uh, a large family. My mom's the, the middle of nine children. It's a big family. And so when everybody got together at Thanksgiving at grandma and grandpa's house, you realize you had the kitty table, the big kids table, the adults table, and there still were not enough tables. You had to eat in shifts because it's just too many people. And everybody gathered, one of the places that we would gather in the kids' table and, and uh, the, 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 the place that we would eat was in the hallway. And I remember this wooden bench, my mom still has it now, it's at my mom's house. And this wooden bench that we would pull out and set up along the wall of the hallway and there'd be the, a table that was enough room for people to walk on one side, but a line of us cousins would sit on the bench and eat along the wall in the hallway the hallway that connected the kitchen to the living room. And we sat in the hallway. My grandmother passed away when I was 10 years old. And as I was thinking about this, I was reminded that I actually never left the hallway. I stood and stuck in the hallway the whole time. That season of my life never moved beyond. And as I share that, I just feel the Holy Spirit saying to some people today that you've been in a season and you're stuck in the hallway. You're stuck in the hallway that you were never meant to be in. It was a season of transition. The hallway only connects a place of where you've been to the place that God has for you. And hallways are only moments that move us from one place to the next. I want to speak to some people who've been stuck in the hallway. You've been in the season of potential and opportunity. And if you're not careful, we'll die in the hallway because we'll lose our dream, our direction, our perspective, and we'll never reach the very thing that God called us to do because we 
we've camped out in the hallway. God has more for you and I than to stay in the hallway. He wants us to stretch and to grow and to move into the potential, not more than just the potential, the promise of what he's called us to, that we would move beyond, that seasons are stages that move us towards our divine destination. God has a divine destination. I want you to hear this today. We are living and walking today in the prayers of godly men and women who are generations ahead of us. We are walking in the prayers of those who have prayed for God to pour out his spirit that in the last days that every nation, that every tongue would confess that all the world would hear the gospel. Why do we support the pals? Why are we about missions? Why are we looking to plant churches? Why do we want to do Love Fayette and outreach and ministry? Because the destination and purpose is to see the gospel preached to every part of the world and then Jesus Christ will come back. Don't lose sight of what the purpose is. Don't get stuck in the hallway. This is just a season to the destination that God has called us to. Don't get camped out in a place that's an in-between. I love the hallway. It was nice. It was wonderful. I've got great memories of sitting there with my cousins. I've got great moments of being in the hallway. It was even nice because my mom in the hallway would leave her table and come check on us and get us whatever we wanted. I love that mom would serve me in the hallway. I love the hallway, but how many know there comes a moment I've got to stretch into my season and I got to get out of the hallway and I got to move into the kitchen and to the place of serving and the place of being a part of what God has set in motion. I hope I'm not just getting loud to get loud because that's what preachers say. But man, I believe that the church, the body of Christ, we are in a pivotal place. We're in a time like we've never been before. So God, give us eyes to see what we need to see because we've never been here before. So before we try and say we know how to do this, drop every notion that you know what to do because you've never been here before. It's what he said to Joshua, stay close to the ark because where you're going, you've never walked this way before. So before we can add it all up and chalk it all together and say we know what needs to happen and this needs done and that needs, no, I don't know. I stand before you with all humility and say, Spirit, lead me because I don't know what I'm doing, but I know by your Spirit you will lead me and you will cause me to walk in all truth and righteousness. I thank God that his Spirit is still leading the church in 2021 in the purpose that he's called us to. That he is still speaking, the same spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost. Listen, he didn't drop on us and, and leave. He came and dwelt. That same spirit is working. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That same power, that same anointing is at work in the church in this hour. Let's not settle for less than we can see when God has promised us more than we can imagine. I want to give us some things today to move out of the hallway, to move from the place of transition into the purpose and the destiny of what God has called us to be in. Because I'm just admitting to you, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to lead through a pandemic with political divisiveness and upheaval. And not to pretend that we've never had a generation before us deal with something like this, but I don't think we've ever had a generation deal with all of this. I don't think there's ever been a generation in this time that has dealt with the things that we're dealing with, the things that we're seeing. And the reason it's happening is because the enemy's gonna do whatever he can in the last moment to snatch and take whoever he can. The Bible says in the last days, there'll be a great falling away. In the last days, there'll be a, a, a moving away. And even those that, sh that come before him and say, hey, what about me? We cast out demons in your name. We prophesied, we did all this. And he said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I did not know you. 
Can I tell you, I am more confident in my walk with Jesus than I am in my ability to serve Jesus. I've got more confidence in the ability, in my, in my desire to hear his voice than in my look what I know to do in this time. And the church needs to be careful that we don't elevate what we do and lose sight of elevating the one who we follow. That the one who leads us, who guides us, who moves us into all direction. I want to give us some things to get out of the hallway. Is there anybody you'd say today, you recognize there have been seasons that you've been in a transition and it's been tempting to stay in the hallway. Anybody ever been at a place like that? And God says, no, I want to stretch you and move you into a new season. Is there anybody who wants to be stretched into a new season, into a new, to reach the prime of your life because your best days are still ahead of you? The greatest days of the church are still ahead. So I'm going to give this to you as quickly as I can because we're going to uh, close with a song and I just believe Holy Spirit's going to do whatever he needs to do because he's good at what he does. I sense the presence of God in this room as we be, even as we're worshiping. I'm not going to call it out, but I know there are people in this room right here. I know them who have places where you've watched cancer gone. You've watched marriages restored. You've, I'm in a room right now, and I know, man, my spirit, faith rises up me because there's people in this room that mental health has been restored. God has delivered. And come on, would you just right now give God praise because you know what he's done in your life, the God of who he is, the faithfulness of our God. There is nothing that our God can't do. Let me give you these things quickly. If you're taking notes, there's just four of them. Here's number one. We've got to be moved by opportunity more than necessity. Too often we only move when the need requires it. And when the need requires it, if we're honest, we're good at reducing the need of it. We're, we're good at reducing. We've got to move not out of necessity, but out of opportunity. Look, a great door has opened us. There's opportunity. Don't leave the space you're in out of necessity. Leave the space you're in out of opportunity. Because if you wait for necessity, you'll always stay at a place that you'll justify, you'll, you'll, com you'll compromise or rationalize. There'll be some reason of staying where we are. And if we wait for the need, how many realize if the moment we wait for a need, we can be good at talking ourselves out of it being a need. But if we look for the opportunity, it's a moment of, of stepping into, of stretching, of moving into what God has for us. The scripture that we just read in, in Isaiah 45 verse 8 says this, open up, O heavens, pour out, O you righteous, on the righteousness. Let the earth open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together I, the Lord, created them. There's this opportunity of righteousness and, and salvation to rise up together, that it would produce fruit. God has called you and I to produce fruit. The hallway is not where you produce fruit. The hallway is the place that you prepare and the, and the nutrients come and the roots grow so that it can now stretch beyond the hallway into the place of God's divine purpose and what God has called us. The purpose to which you've been called is to produce fruit in every season. If you produce fruit in the past, God's not done with you. He's ready to now take you into a new season so you can produce more that God has for you. That there's a season of producing, of what God wants us to move us into. That we've got to be at a place that we move out of opportunity. The opportunity for us to step into. Be careful that when we, when we come to a place, what is it that's, that's leading us? Here's opportunity is something for us to see, to move into. Responsibility becomes something that we have to do. We've got to be careful what, what's taking, what are we taking our lead from? If we're taking our lead from, from the opportunities or the necessities, what is it that's leading us? Jesus said this to his disciples as they had just fed the multitudes. They're now on the boat, and Jesus talks to them about bread, and they're like, oh, wait, we forgot bread. And Jesus is like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. 
Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm with you. And then Jesus gives him this warning. Be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. I've never, I've heard this, I've read it, but man, this has stood out to me more and more in the culture that we're in right now. Be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. What do those two represent? Those two represent self-righteousness and religious power and political power. The church better be careful getting in the place with self-righteousness and self-proposed agenda. Then we've gotta be careful. What are we taking our lead? What, what's causing us to have the lead? The, the lead is this, Holy Spirit, I want you to speak to me and lead me. I can look back and see what they've done in the past. I can take, I can take direction and get in, inspiration from those who have been in the past, but I can learn from them, but I can only be led by allowing the Spirit of God to speak to me in this season, in this time, to walk in to what God has called us to. We've got to allow ourselves to be led. Here's number two. We've got to embrace the season while holding on to the destination. Embrace the season, the season that you're in. Enjoy the season. One of the things I've learned as a dad is to enjoy the seasons. And there are moments I mourn the seasons I've come out of. I'll be honest with you. I still, I, I don't know if I'm a softie. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I got issues or what it is. But I'll admit it to you. I will go places. And I found myself a, a couple weeks ago sitting by myself at a restaurant waiting for someone that I was meeting. And while I was sitting there, I saw a family and their young kids at the booth with their family. And those cheeks remind me of my kids, of my, the younger time. I literally sat there and my heart became a little bit of a grievance of like, God, I miss those days. But how many know the danger is when you get stuck living in the grievance of where you've been and miss the opportunity of what God's calling you into? That there's a season, we embrace the season and here's what holds them all together. The ultimate divine destination that God has for us. What is the destination? The destination is this, that God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God did not come into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. My destination is salvation because of Jesus Christ. I keep sight of the big picture. Embrace the season while not letting go of the divine destination destination that God has for us. Not lose sight of the big picture. Here's what the enemy will give us to lose sight of the big picture. Number one is distraction. How many know the enemy's good at distraction? The the enemy's good to bring things in the moment. Don't get distracted. Make sure you keep sight of the big picture. The hallway is when you start saying, boy, it looks good here. Let's just get distracted on the big picture and let's make everything work right here. Let's stay here. Let's be here. Let's do this. We lose sight of the big picture. The big picture is about Jesus Christ coming back and lost souls coming to know the great I am, the only one who is and who was and is and is to come. It's about reaching people in the, in the season, that every season is about that. Every season is about reaching lost people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't get distracted. Here's number two. The other thing the enemy will use is discomfort. He uses discomfort to keep us in a place of, of where we are. You say, well, what's that about? Well, the discomfort is whenever things aren't going the way we like, we abandon ship and we try to create a place that now we take leadership. Now we set the course. I shared this on a Wednesday night. The temptation is to change the goal. When it doesn't seem to go the way we thought, well, let's change the goal. Can I tell you what the goal does not need to change to? And we've got to be careful we don't change the goal. The goal has always been the church exists to exalt Jesus Christ and to declare the name of Jesus to lost people. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. Everything else falls under line with 
that goal. To declare the hope of Jesus Christ. Here, here's a season of discomfort. The enemy, when you're at a place of discomfort, sometimes when, when you're at a place of discomfort, it, it, it turns inward. And I want to encourage you, when you're in a place of discomfort, the, da- the most dangerous thing to do is to turn inward. The most healthy, healthiest thing to do is to look outward. When you walk in discomfort, how many know a woe is me? You stay in woe, and me, woe is me too long? That's a dangerous place to be. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? That's a dangerous, I'm a victim, this isn't fair, everybody's out to get me. We talked a little bit about that last week. It, it's, it's, it's unfortunate what is happening, it's not right. We, we've got to change the, the, the perspective. We, we've got to look outside. Here's some indicators that we're in a, a season that we're, we're not stretching into our prime. We're in a season of distraction or, or heightening to the discomfort. Here's what happens. We get caught up in arguments, we get caught up in disputes, in blame and complaining. Here's why. Just some of the words that, 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 the, that Isaiah said through, through the Lord as he was giving a prophecy. He said, and here's some of the things that they said, stop doing it, you're doing it wrong. Stop doing, you're doing it wrong. How clumsy can you be? Why was I born? Why did you make me this way? They're in this place of complaining, of blaming, of, of disputing, of arguing. Can I tell you, church, quit trying to win arguments. God did not call the church to win an argument. God called the church to advance the kingdom of God and nothing can stand against the kingdom of God. If nothing can stand against it, then you can't argue your way into the victory that God has for us. That's a distraction. Stay on task. Stay on what the, what the goal is. In fact, this is one of the things of talk about maturing. Here's how I know I'm maturing when I don't need to argue anymore. That's a mark of maturity. You know what a mark of immaturity is when I got to have the last word. You know why I don't need to have the last word? Because the God I serve has the final word. <laughs> I don't, need to ha- I don't need to win your argument. I don't need to convince you of anything. I don't have to. I thank God it's not my job to convince you because Holy Spirit will convince you. And if the Holy Spirit can't convince you, then there's nothing I can say. I could talk to him blue in the face if you don't open your heart to Holy Spirit and allow Holy Spirit to speak to you. It, because when the Holy Spirit doesn't work, we can't deny it. It, it doesn't, it will it, it, have effect. We've got to move from a season to the next season, embrace the season, but not lose sight of the destination. Philippians 3.13, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Oh, that we would keep reaching because God's not done working. Greatest days are still ahead of us. Here's number three. If we're gonna move out of the hallway, if we're gonna mature, and I'm gonna uh, ask uh, Jaron to come and, and help us close uh, here's, here's number three, grow into, not up. Let, let me explain this. You, you know you've heard it, grow up. How many know if somebody tells you to grow up, what they're saying to you is stop neglecting the responsibility that you need to take. God is not looking at you and I today saying grow up. God is saying grow into. You say, what's the difference? Grow up is my responsibility to do something, but grow into is God invita- in God's invitation for me to step into something he's already prepared for me. Oh, come on, that takes pressure off of you and I. This is not grow up, this is grow into. God's saying, I'm preparing a place. I'm, I'm making the way for you. I've prepared a place for you beyond the hallway. I've, de- I've prepared a place for you. There's an invitation. Grow into what God has for you. Grow in to the opportunity. Grow in to, to the things he's inviting you and I to grow in to the place that he's called us. That when we grow up, it's about what we need to do, but to grow into is about what God has prepared for us. You and I cannot make light shine but we can allow the light of God's glory to shine through us. We can't create the light. 
How many recognize that today? We can't create it, but we can allow it to work through us. Here's verse 12. It says, I am the one who made the earth and created people to live it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens. All the stars are at my command. God is saying to us, I'm the one who puts everything in order. I'm the one that sets everything in place. I'm the one who's putting everything in its rightful place, and I know what I'm doing. God knows what he's doing in these last days. Here's the last thing I want to say to us. We've got to be, if we're going to move beyond the hallway, we've got to be okay with ambiguity. Here's this word ambiguity. I was, this word, it just, I'm using this word because it was in prayer. And I just felt the Lord say, be okay with ambiguity. I got to be honest with you. I know the word, but I had to look it up because my God, if you, the ambiguity, that's a word. I mean, I don't like just use that word commonly in, in, in everyday conversation. And just one of those words, like, okay, this is a word that God is putting in my spirit at this moment. So I look up ambiguity because I, I know it in its context, but in this time of prayer, and here's what it says. It says to be okay with more than one interpretation and inexactness. Now that messes with me right away because I'm like, I'm black and white. There's only one interpretation. There's only one way. There's always only one way and the only one way is Jesus. But here's what Holy Spirit has to talk me down to sometimes is just because you think you see it this way doesn't mean you see it completely. That I've got to be willing that there are times, and here's what I have to say to God. God, and I started with this, I don't know what to do, but your spirit will lead me in all truth and your spirit will lead me into what I need to do. That this ambiguity is I want it to be just exact and how many would be honest when it doesn't go exactly the way you thought it should go, we move into complaining, blaming, arguing, disputing. Any honest people in the room right now who want to say that I've been in places that when things don't go the way I expect, I, I relegate back to complaining, arguing, disputing, and blaming. Do you think any of that is solving the problem of this world? No, we're stuck in a hallway that says, God, there's something that doesn't seem to be in alignment, but I know you're not done moving. So give me ears to hear what your spirit is saying because I can argue and complain and say it all day, but it won't change anything. But if I hear the spirit of God, if I know the power of God, the gates of hell will not prevail against the work of God and the move of God. Is there anyone who knows that we're a part of a kingdom like that that is advancing in this world? Now, I've got to be okay with it. So here's the part I want to close with. I've got to be okay with it. Notice we got introduced the last verse here, chapter 13. God says this through Isaiah the prophet. I will raise up Cyrus in that day. Cyrus will rebuild the temple and bring my people back. Cyrus. Here's the problem. If you and I, maybe if you know history, Cyrus the Great, he was, he, he was known in that season as he, was, uh, he ruled with Persia, the Medes and Persians. If you look at, at, at world history, it'll take you back to the seasons of the Medes, the, the Medes and Persians, that here is, here is Cyrus who ruled in that time. Cyrus then overtakes and defeats Babylon. Well, why is Babylon significant? Because Babylon captured Israel. People like David or Daniel back in the, in the scriptures, Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel was captured by Babylon. Now, Isaiah is giving this word 150 years before Cyrus even comes on the scene. Do you know who Cyrus is? Cyrus is a pagan 
worshiping king. God says, I'm going to raise up Cyrus. Wait a minute, he's not godly. How many know? God says, I know. You don't have to tell me what I don't know. You don't have to, I know what's going on. God says 150 years out, before this even comes about, and Israel would have said, why do we need Cyrus? We haven't, things aren't the greatest, but we're not even overtaken. Why would we need Cyrus? Because God says, I've known what I've been doing from the very beginning, so don't doubt me now. I knew what I was doing from the very beginning. I'm going to raise up Cyrus 150 years before he even shows on the scene. I want you to know God knows what he's doing in your life, in your world, and in the season that you're in. God knows what it is that he's doing in this moment. And when we're in a world that looks like it's, forgive me, it doesn't look like, in a world that is broken, corrupted, polluted, perverted, it's all of that. But can I tell you, the Spirit of God is still hovering over the dark. And He still knows. He's still, he's still stirring. And He's ready to hover. That word hovering means to penetrate, to break through. How many know that He's a God who still knows how to break through the confusion, the chaos, the noise, and the disappointment? Oh, that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And when we have ears to hear, we know the season we're in. But more than this, God knows the season He's bringing us out of and what He's bringing us into. Oh, that we would be people who know he's already made a place for you and I. If he already said, I'm going to raise up a pagan king, Cyrus, who you don't even know, and he's going to create a place for you to walk into, I want you to know today he's still a God who says, hey, church, I'm preparing a place. I'm, I'm getting ready to work. You don't have to sweat. You don't have to toil. You don't have to worry. You don't have to make anything happen. You just walk in my spirit, and I will lead you in the paths of righteousness for my name's sake. How many know what I'm talking about? Now my trigger is no more complaining, worrying, arguing, disputing. Now my trigger is, oh God, I hear and I sense and I know even when I can't see. I know that you're moving. And why do I know that? Because you've been here long before I ever showed up. This is part of your plan. You know how to work in this place. You know how to work in this situation. I'm going to speak to you today. You're walking through something of difficulty. You're walking through a disappointment. Oh, your God knows. God knows what you've been through. God knows. And he's allowing some of that to say, that's part of me not wanting you to stay in the hallway. I want you to move into the place I've prepared for you. Because whatever you've walked through, your disappointment does not, does not cause God's plan for your life to be eradicated. How many know that's the truth today? Just because things didn't go the way you expected doesn't mean God abandoned the plan he has for your life. You can, you can trust him. I want to, before we go, just Jaron to sing this song. And we're simply just going to close this way. Just stay seated. And just in a posture of Holy Spirit, help me to walk into the new season that you're calling me to that I would stretch in maturity, that I would stretch in growing, that I would reach the prime of my life because I believe and know that greater days are still ahead. Is there anybody who would just wave your hand and say, I believe that, I receive it, I stand on what God is able to do, the confidence of his word. So now, as Jaron leads this song, as he sings it, would you just in a posture of sitting and just in the presence of God, allow Holy Spirit to speak to you because he's not done working in your situation.
trust you Even when I can't see And even in suffering Oh, I have to believe it If you say it's wrong, then I'll say no If you say release, I'm letting go If you're in it with me, I'll begin And when you say to jump, I'm diving in If you say be still, then I will wait If you say to trust, I will obey I don't want to follow my own way I'm done chasing feelings Spirit like a burden but once I could grasp it oh you took me further further than I was asking and simply to see you oh it's worth it all my life is an altar let your fire Say release, I'm letting go If you're in it with me, I'll begin And when you say to jump, I'm diving in If you say be still, then I will wait And if you say to trust, I will obey Teach me how to follow in your way I'm done chasing feelings Spirit Say the jump, I'm diving in. And 
if you say be still then I will wait if you say to trust I will obey you're the only truth the light the way I'm done chasing feelings spirit yeah with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place I God is wanting to lead us in a new season and pray you here today the invitation to step in to what God has for you to allow his spirit to lead you because God has been working even in the midst of your chaos even in the midst of your disappointment even in the midst of your frustration your God is still working I'm going to close in prayer and as we do with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here today and you say Jason I've not been walking in the path of righteousness you you say today I've not been walking with Jesus maybe you've walked away you've stepped out of out of line here's the good news your God is not in heaven beating you for stepping out in line your God in heaven is reaching out a hand and saying I love you I'm, I'm calling you back I'm bringing you back to the place I've designed for you if you're here today and you're not walking in salvation as we read open up O heavens pour out righteousness open up the earth that righteousness and salvation would grow up together today your earth your 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 heart your body is being or your spirit is opening right now and God is speaking to you today you say Jason I need to surrender my life to Jesus if that's you just just shoot your hand up right where you are we're going to close in prayer you say today I'm I'm making a decision yeah is there anyone else today I'm making a decision I'm going to surrender my life I'm coming back. I'm making a first-time decision. Whatever that is, I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. Is there anyone else today? Yeah. Yeah. As we close in prayer, and those of you that maybe are making this decision today, I want to encourage you that God loves you, that God's plan is to help you walk in the purpose that He's called you to. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come and and just be ready at the, the front to pray. If you need someone to pray with you today, but I want to pray this prayer together. Would you pray this all together as a family? Dear Jesus, I trust you. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died and rose again. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and lead me in a path of righteousness. I commit my life to you in Jesus name I am saved in Jesus name come on if you're thankful for salvation today would you just give God praise in this place this morning amen amen now I want to encourage you our, our prayer team is here if you need prayer we want to pray if you need something to of just agreeing in body, mind, spirit, whatever it is. We'd love to pray with you today. If you made a decision to put your faith in Jesus, I hope you'll see one of our prayer team uh, members or our next steps area. We want to connect with you and help you grow. Let's not stay in the hallway. How many would say this week you recognize, not just recognize, but you're believing God wants to stretch you into a new season, into greater things. How many say today, God, I want, I want your spirit to lead me into this new season of what is it you're doing. Come on, is there anybody today? You say, God, I want your spirit to lead me into this new season, into this.